Welcome to TSCRA Talk, a podcast by Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. I'm your host, Kristen Brown. This month, we want to give a special thank you to our sponsor, Red Summit. And joining us to discuss operating a multi-generational ranch are Coleman Locke and his son, John Locke. Well, Coleman and John, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have you both here on the podcast. Joy to be here with you. It's a real pleasure to be with you, Kristen. Now, a multi-generation operation is a very special thing. And just to bring all of us up to speed, Coleman, will you give us a brief history of your operation and how you came either back to the operation or or stayed with the operation? Yes, ma'am. My great-great-grandfather came to this part of Texas in 1839, which for Texans, that's three years after the Alamo. And he actually probably started putting together a little bit of country at, at that time. But over the course of time, he had put together quite a bit of country. And just to fast forward, my great-grandfather's generation, my great-grandfather formed a partnership with his children to raise cattle and to farm, and that was done in 1908. So our business is actually an outgrowth of that partnership that was formed in 1908, which was quite a few years ago. I am the fifth generation of our family here at this location, and John would be the sixth generation. We actually went into the Brahmin business in 1915, so we've been in the registered Brahmin business in the business of raising and marketing Brahmin cattle for that that long a time. Well, that's amazing. So amazing that you all have withstood the test of time. Now, did you go off to college and then come back to the ranch, go off and work anywhere else? Did you come right back to the ranch? I actually went to college and I got out of college in the mid-60s, right after we had a major structural change in the organization of the ranch, which was done in 1962. I think I was a sophomore in college at that time. Very neat. And John, tell us about how you have plugged into the ranch. Well, like Dad said, I'm the sixth generation and we grew up in town not too far from here on the ranch and Try to take, you know, as active a part as, as I could, just helping out with chores and doing work around the ranch growing up and learning about the history and cattle management and so on and so forth. And then went off to uh, Texas Tech and graduated there in 2001 and, and came straight back. And I guess you could say it started my way at the bottom and, and worked my way up. I always had quite a bit of say-so and, you know, was was asked for input and shared input and influenced decisions right from the beginning. And then as time went on, I guess basically just took over the day-to-day management, at least, of the operation. Very neat. And and neat that you got to experience it from day one, it sounds like, and then have transitioned into a decision-making role. And that really leads into the meat of our conversation today. Coleman, we'll start with you. What tips do you have for working together with family, specifically different generations? Well, I'm not sure I have all the answers, but we today with the structure of our ranch, we operate in a within a family business and there are about probably 15 of us adults that are involved every day that John and I have to work with. So it's a matter of give and take and sometimes we don't get our way exactly and sometimes we can influence a little decision making. But the give and take of the everyday life, I guess I liken it a bit to a marriage, but dealing with family is probably harder than non dealing with non family. So we have those challenges 
every day. But our parent business is structured so that uh, we can make our own management decisions to a point, and then uh, we put our cattle together to market them. And that's, I guess, where we uh, get into the deal of, of cooperating with all the rest of the family, the extended family. Sure, sure. And so I anticipate that communication is a key part in that. Talk to us a little bit about y'all's communication. Any tips there? Well, we have a a formal family meeting on the third Monday of every month at 8 o'clock in the morning. We have a corporate board meeting, and we're set up. the, The different families each have a representative on our corporate board, and there are eight of us. At this time, we started out with five, but some of the divisions have split over the years. So we sit down and we have a, a formal meeting. It's not a closed meeting. Anybody in the family can come, but we uh, discuss any items of business that, that we need to do. And, and there again, I think communication is probably the main thing besides a little give and take, just a basic everyday communications and not, not trying to go off on a tangent without everybody else being on board. Sure, sure. And John, I'm going to toss the question to you. What tips would you have from your experience? Thanks for the question. And I think it's a great question because I think succession and transition in business is one of the biggest challenges we have today in agriculture to go along with everything else we get to deal with. And it's it's a real tough thing because what you're usually dealing with is people in different stages of their lives and people that have had different experiences and come up with ways to operate the business for whatever was pertinent at at the time to survive and succeed and and even thrive and um, what's needed at the time. So I think it's so important to try to step outside of yourself and put yourself in someone else's shoes. And for instance, if you consider myself coming home from school and coming into working on the ranch, I didn't know a lot about the real world and didn't have the experience to make good decisions and so on and so forth. And, but I'm full of energy and eager and ready to do a lot and, you know, want to go out and conquer the world. And if you took dad at that same point in his life, he was probably ready to slow down and coast a little bit more, but also didn't have the same risk tolerance as I did because as you get closer to retirement age and it's something that, you know, you don't want to lose what you've worked so hard for. So I think both parties have to be cognizant of that. And from the younger generation's perspective, don't scare the older generation and don't just think you got to go out and conquer the world in one day. But then I think from the older generation, there's a real hesitation to give up some control and to bring the younger generation along because it feels like you're losing control. So if you can take small pieces of the business to, to use as a learning opportunity and, and start of, sort of build their confidence and teach them as they go, to where they will be set up to, to be more successful and, and they can take those risks themselves, you know, as time goes by. Sure, sure. And one thing that, that comes to mind as you were talking that, you know, not not only passing down an actual business, but also a thought process and, and the the wisdom and the knowledge that comes with just the years of experience and seeing seeing drought, seeing market crashes and, and all those things and kind of that risk management aspect, but the the wisdom is also important. Definitely. I think it has to be an intentional process because we in agriculture aren't the best communicators. And so we want to just kind of sit back and say, well, they'll learn what they need when the time comes. And I think you have to intentionally, you know, record and 
learn these lessons and then find a way to communicate them to the younger generation. And then I think the younger generation has to do a better job of communicating the way they see things and what they need for their family and understanding how that might make the older generation feel. And you said it, it all goes back to communication and we're not the greatest at that. So those might be some skills that people need to concentrate on and and do some some studying and some continuing education on, on how to have these tough conversations. Kristen, I know there's an old saying, you reap what you sow. And we always have to remember when we're dealing with this next generation that's coming along, we don't ever want to forget, hey, we raised them. And, and so we tried to do as good a job as we could raising them and pointing them in the right direction and bringing them up in the cow business. And so we truly reap what we sow. And I think we've got probably three generations involved in the business right now. And so it's good to see the younger ones coming on and doing well. Very neat. And now, John, do you have kids that are being raised on the ranch or around the ranch? I do. I've got three daughters. Uh, the oldest is 14, the middle is 11, and the youngest is nine. So uh feels like they have a way to go, but time goes by so fast. And, and you look, and it seems like the oldest was just born the other day, and she's going to be a freshman in high school. So it starts to get very real on thinking about what the future might hold for the next generation. And those are things that we're already working on and already trying to plan for. Sure. Well, and that leads me into the next thought. I anticipate the end goal is to pass the ranch on to the next generation. Talk to us about the importance of a proper business plan and then also the long-term vision that goes along with that. I guess I'll take this one. So you said something that kind of, I guess makes me think, I don't think that it is a foregone conclusion that the next generation has to take over. And I think that's a little bit different mindset than what we're used to in agriculture. And it could be just a personal thing for me. So I think you have to consider the business as if it was a standalone thing and make it profitable and make it fun and and easier to operate and take the people out of it. And if you do a proper job of the first of building a business and having it you know, a joy to be a part of and a blessing to the people that serves plus the people that are involved with it, then there's a really good chance that your kids will want to come back and will want to be a part of it. But it feels like what we so often do is, is it's a foregone conclusion that, well, the kids need to be here. Somebody's got to carry on this tradition. And it's almost a little bit of a negative feeling like somebody's got to suffer through this like we did. And so I think the mindset is, is really important in that. There's a lot of a lot of pieces to that, but, and it's a challenge to take the people out of it because we're such an part of it. But, you know, considering what customer we serve and, and how we do it and kind of what our principles are, are a real important part of all of that. Well, that's a great perspective to think through and, and something that's important. So thank you very much for sharing that. Coleman, any thoughts there on long-term vision and having the operation properly set up? You know, our, the generation ahead of my generation, actually the fourth generation of the family, when it came time to do some serious planning, this goes back to 1962 when we were still operating as a family partnership, and there were a lot of a lot of people involved. There were so many people involved that it really got unwieldy. So they set out to change the structure of the of the ranch, and so we divided the ranch into the five grandchildren of J.D. Hudgens, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and we created five divisions. At that time, we had one, I had one great aunt that wanted 
she and her husband wanted out of the partnership and they only wanted their land. They took a, their part of the land and they stole their interest in our registered cows back to the rest of us at very nominal prices. So we divided the land among the five families and then we created the corporate structure to maintain the sales organization that we had and the, the name and the name recognition that we had maintained over the many years that we've been in business. And so at that point, all the land was operated more individually by the various families. And I think everybody went to work. They put in more effort. And uh, up to then, I think a few had been carrying uh, many. And so everybody worked harder. And today, we operate about probably, we operate twice as many cows as we did in 1962. So we operate a lot more efficiently. That was probably the big plan that was done. And I think our family is probably like a lot of other families. We don't do a lot of serious planning that we really should do. So I fault ourselves for not doing that. I think the point that one of the points that I hear being made there is that if you set it up as a business and and you do the hard work, then you can reap the benefits for a long time to come. And sometimes we probably fall down on continuing to do that. But the fact that we're still Operating a day is a testament to the wisdom of the ones that set the business up all those years ago. Most definitely. Well, and on that note, I'd encourage our listeners to go and check out episode three on estate planning with Tiffany Dowlashman. So Coleman, what piece of advice would you offer to the next generation or even the generation of your grandkids? Well, that's kind of a tough question. I guess first I would say, know the history of your family and the business that it's operating in. And learn the family customs and the the do's and the do-nots and the things that have worked and the things that have not worked. And, you know, there's a lot of tradition in our family, and it's unwritten, and it just kind of has passed the generation to generation. And, And I think I would tell a generation coming on to get very acquainted with what's going on over the years and what has gone on over the years in your family's business and on that ranch and work to continue that not only continue it, but to improve on it. And I think we're, a lot of times we're guilty as the older generation of not listening very closely to the next generation younger that's coming into the business or in the business. And they bring some new thoughts, which are always welcome. Sometimes it's, it's hard to recognize that they're beneficial when, when your younger generation is sharing those things with you. But those are the things that I would tell the, the next generation down. Perfect. Perfect. And John, what are your thoughts there? Well, this one's a little bit tough because I don't feel like I've been a victim of these circumstances, but so dad's always been very willing to, to give me opportunities and control and even probably stuff that he sees going on that he knows is a terrible idea. He still would let me make the mistake and and learn the lesson on my own. But I do feel as though some of the older generation has worked so hard to build what they've built and done so many things positive that there's a real fear of, of losing it and they don't want to squander it and they're they're worried about the younger generation, you know, not being capable of, of taking over. There's only one way they're going to be capable and that's if they're given opportunities, if they make mistakes, if they're given some level of control. So my advice to the older generation is have a plan communicate the plan and go out there and and do it. And yeah, there's going to need to be adjustments, 
but so many times they want to, this is what I see. This is not what happened to me. So I I want y'all to understand that. But so many times you see people that will say something like, well, know what I'm going to do one of these days, y'all will find out when I'm gone or we're not going to talk about that. You don't owe your kids anything, really. You don't owe the next generation anything other than clarity. And if you're conscious of the fact that you're dealing with a young person that's trying to start and raise a family, most likely, and that that young person has to take care of that family, they can't just sit around and wait because it's the prime years of their life that that they're dealing with. So come up with a plan and then communicate that plan would be my biggest advice. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, and something that that I, I think tends to happen is somebody will come back to the ranch and then they're not actually included in the business, the management aspect until they've been there for a long, long time. I see that a lot. And I see that a lot of the reason why that might happen is because that was the way it was done for the generation before them. But that doesn't make it right. And that doesn't make it the the best possible way to move forward. I think a lot of farms and ranches are under stress. And there's so many challenges these days and it. They need the energy and creativity of the young people to figure out ways to get around the challenges that we're dealing with and work through them. And a lot of that is missed in your, your younger years. Whenever you do have all the, the great big ideas, some of them are going to be terrible, but you know, there's some good stuff in there too. And so if you don't take advantage of that, if you manage from a standpoint of fear and not allow a transition and not allow for uh, the ideas and everything from your younger generation, I think you're going to miss out on some great opportunities. We can't just always manage the way that we did because we're going to get what we got. Or in this environment today, we're going to get worse probably. Sure. And, yeah. and I think it's a big mistake to have offspring working in the business without having some managerial ability or, or right to management. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that you can hire people to do things and, and why hire your son or your daughter to do it when you could go hire somebody else. I think you need to have them as they're old enough to be involved in the business. You need to have them involved in the management and the decisions that are made. And I think if you wait until one is 50 years old to give it to them, they're not going to know what to do with it. Sure. That makes sense. When, as we wrap up, any closing thoughts? I guess here's one last thought for you that just, just uh, popped into my head. Yeah. There is no such thing as fair. And you have a lot of families that operate with a mentality that equal is fair and fair is equal. And um, it's it's a real challenge when you have family members that aren't involved with the ranch that feel entitled to some of the assets, or maybe the parents want to give them some of the assets. And the question of what's fair always comes up. And to me, that's you got to find a way to get around that because there is no such thing as fair. That is very, very good. Yes, yes. Well, and you know, just another another thought that has come to my mind. You know, it, it's when it's family, it's emotional. There, there's the emotional component too, and you know, even down to like when things are divided, like who gets what brand, and you know, family brands and the history of all of that. And anyway, it's just uh, there. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Right, right. There's a lot to it. It's easy to have a phone conversation and and say, well, you should do this and not do that. And we make it sound real easy, but it takes a lot of work. And there's a lot of occasions where professional help is what you need to help you work through it. That is very good advice. Before we go, let's go into that a little bit more. Just think that get professional help 
is a very good tip for people that are dealing with transition and generational things. There's the one side of it where you're looking at assets and uh, tax implications to where you need professionals to, to help you work through that, lawyers and accountants and so forth. But then the other side is family dynamics and you know possibly some uh, resentment and things like that and what's fair, what's not fair and having professional help such as a mediator to help walk through some of that is often a good idea. Wonderful. Yeah, great. Great advice there. Well, Coleman and John, thank you all so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your insight today on this topic, and and we really appreciate it. We thank you for letting us be involved, Kristen. It's been a pleasure. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to be a part of one of our ranch gatherings and virtual Ranching 101. For a full list of ranch gathering locations, Ranching 101 topics, and more information about cattle raisers, visit tscra.org or email events at tscra.org. And now a word from our sponsors. The drought this year is affecting ranchers all across Texas, and it's not going away anytime soon. You can remain profitable while mitigating risk with solutions like pasture, rangeland, and forage insurance. Red Summit Advisors is a nationwide insurance provider with local roots right here in Texas. We'll send you a personalized guide to how a PRF policy would perform on your ranch and provide one-on-one support with a dedicated agent. Visit MyDryRanch.com today to schedule a consultation and request information about your ranch. 